Welcome to the At The Moment podcast, where we talk about what's going on at this moment with the black community here at OU. Hello, I'm one of your hosts, Nia. I'm Layla. And I'm Raymond. Welcome to the At The Moment podcast. On today's episode, we have here Odessa Robinson, who is a junior here at Ohio University, majoring in communication. She's also the president of the OU's chapter of the National Association for the Investment of Color People, also known as the NAACP. Thank you for having me. In light of the racial tor- turmoil on campus, we would like to discuss leading social movements and how that looks on a college campus, specifically a PWI. We will also be discussing what we expect from our university. Okay. So Odessa, um, as we all know, like I said, she's the president of the NAACP here on campus, and she does a lot of the leading and organizing um, with uh, the university and administration, particularly uh, like meetings with President Sherman and things of that nature. Last year, was it last year, the NAACP created the strategic plan um, yeah, for diversity and inclusion. So all those like behind the scene things, um, they kind of handle that. But with everything that happened last week, um, as we all know, the multiple hate crimes between um, with Chris and Naomi, um, I think, it was, I feel like it was a lot to respond to. And being that the community right. is so small, I feel like we, like, reacted fast and we didn't really have time to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as people, like, expect us to be on the front lines. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now, especially in this day and age, it's just, like, we're exhausted. I feel yeah, like COVID, yeah. everything, um, we're just exhausted. Mm-hmm. So in your, from your perspective, since um, you are in this position, mm-hmm. What does what does organizing look like? Where should you start or what should it look like? I think the first thing that should be done is the community come together and express our different perspectives and kind of how we're feeling as people because mm-hmm. even to this point, well, up until like that meeting on Monday, we hadn't really gotten like a true statement from Naomi. Naomi. Yes, Naomi. Naomi. Um, Naomi. For, um, for uh, reference, we had a black town hall um, on Monday um, to discuss um, – the wants, actions, experiences, particularly here to the for the black community here at OU to voice to administration. Um, Dr. Dr. Bruce was there, Dr. Winsome Chanu, um, Dr. Gigi Cuban, and President Sherman were all there. Um, just kind of hear our perspectives. Yeah, I um I think there's a sequence to advocating when it comes to things, especially like hate criming. I think um, we can't just go willy-nilly. And I think it's beautiful and it's great that everybody's really passionate and just wants to get things out and be heard. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to be strategic with that. Yeah. Um, and I think, and this is something I suggested like Monday after it happened, because it happened around like 2 a.m. on Monday. So um, like throughout that day, um, I think it would have been nice at some point last week to have the town hall where all the students were talking, all the black students, and it being a closed event just for black students, Mm -hmm. a safe space where no white allies, no non-black students were there, especially no faculty, because as a freshman, because uh, Naomi is a freshman, it was probably a little, it would have been a little intimidating. Mm -hmm. So I think just creating a safe space first where we can just express and actually hear from their mouths to our ears what happened, how they feel, what they want done, so it doesn't become a situation where um, we're kind of speaking over the two people um, who we're advocating for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, you also have to ask the community, like, what they want. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's important. I think just, like, listening to 
different people, different perspectives, like you said, um, because like different people had different opinions and different ways to handle it, but still making sure we're strategic, as you said, because it's easy to act out of anger and like do things that you may regret in the future. So I definitely think like being able to speak about the different ways that we could have gone about it would have been like super helpful. Is it right to talk about um, to talk about like whether like what should happen to the people that committed these crimes? Yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you what do you guys <laughs> think um, should happen to them? Like, you think they should be expelled? Do you think like? I mean, do you think they should be expelled? Yeah, Yeah, um, I think they need to have consequences. And I know, like, um, the big conversation that is right now, a lot of people saying, like, Chris's crime isn't a hate crime. Um, Whether if you believe that or not, I think that you have to believe as a a testament to, like, his white privilege. Because in what world are you going to pee on someone's door and think that you can get away with it, whether Mm -hmm. if you knew it was a black resident or not, I mean, a black RA or not? So I feel like if not... you. If you don't see the problem with racism, you see the problem with white privilege. Yeah. And often I feel like those might not mm-hmm. be the same thing. But I also think all everything that happened afterwards is definitely, like, racism. Like, the fact that, like, housing resident life didn't reach out to any of them. Chris mm-hmm. had to reach out to them mm-hmm. to be moved. And Naomi's still in the same... She's still in the same area with mm-hmm. these people who she don't know did this. Right. Um, even with the lynching, with the lynching comments that were made on Twitter... Yeah. I know that OU cannot punish them because they know who who said it, but it's like they don't even care to distance themselves from it, from that narrative, um, which is ultimately causing people to get hurt. I don't know if you guys heard about it, but I guess it's the group of students walk, um, uh, going around in, like, Nazi attire or something, beating up black and Asian kids by mm. themselves. Um, yeah, so... Um, and I know that the mayor had got, has gotten involved. Mm. Um, no word from... Oh, you yet, yeah. but I just think they don't really like care to distance themselves. And I think that whether if each action was not, if you believe it's racism or not, I think how the students are being treated afterwards is a testament yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's also important to think about like people's reactions after the fact, like when people were like, oh, it wasn't an act of racism. And then people like started making comments about like how black students shouldn't be able to do this and they shouldn't be able to do that and how they shouldn't be in certain spaces just because like they felt attacked because we called it an act of racism. Mm -hmm. And it's like that direct response. I don't know, it just doesn't really sit well with me because it's like, this is like something that is like, affecting us dramatically like my mom was like even concerned like you need to make sure that you're walking home with friends like you need to make sure that you're not going places by yourself and like not doing certain things just because like she was afraid and she didn't want me like getting attacked because of people's responses so I think that's like important like their reactions as well yeah it seems like uh, racial gaslighting almost kind of like mm. dialing it down and kind of uh, making it seem like we're overreacting about something that's really serious. Like that's mm-hmm. bodily fluid. 
on his items and like uh does anybody know like what items wasn't it like a ps5 and like yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, like expensive items were ruined Mm -hmm. and so for them to try to like simmer it down and it it just it didn't sit right with me and we even had like white alumni and non-black alumni in the comments like whoa 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 i don't think that we should go to the extent of saying that it was racism i think it was wrong as if it was anybody's uh opinion besides chris's that mattered about how severe it was it's like even me as someone who's advocating and agreeing with him, my opinion doesn't even matter as much as his because right. it wasn't my stuff or my room that was peed on. If he feels like he was hate crime, then that's just the end of it. There's mm-hmm. no discussion or discourse that should be happening, especially from non-black students, let alone like alumni non-black students. So I was seeing a lot of that in the comment section. I definitely um, feel like um, I heard there was some, there were some people who like, didn't voice their opinion until the town hall mm-hmm. and like um, some students uh, from a leader perspective. And it was, it just made me think about like how are, um, excuse me, how are like all of our students that hold that leader position, how are they feeling like behind closed mm-hmm. doors? Like what could be going on? Like it just, like it didn't sit right with me that the fact that like not only do we have two students and they have like they have been hate crime, but like you know how do how do y'all feel like um like how are y'all feeling on the inside like there's a lot of pressure yeah. from you know y'all have to release a statement and just like you know what's um, were you gonna say something oh <laughs> I think that I can say that because I do hold like multiple president roles of organizations. I just, like, feel like for me, it was, like, a lot, uh, especially because it was, like, media week as well. <laughs> and it was, like, mm-hmm. I had to tell, like, our speakers, like, yeah, we were protesting for two hours, for three hours. So, like, we're going to cancel this event. But then also on top of that, it's, like, it's very, it's a lot when you're experiencing something. Then you have to, like, type what you're f- feeling into words. But then it's, like, you can't be too radical. You can't seem like you're not saying enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, like, what do we say? Like, I feel like my actions is going to say, like, more. I definitely expected, like, better statements from, like, the non-black organizations. But are we, like, really surprised? surprised. No. <laughs> you know, I feel like people are, like, in this, like, this, I don't even know how to call it. Like, they don't like calling a spade a spade. They don't like calling mm-hmm. racism racism. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to dance around the term and say, like, differences or like anything but that which I think causes which just makes the student body even more mad um but I don't know I'm very much in a in a in a point where it's like I feel like I deserve the privilege to be a student like I'm sorry yeah. like I don't I, I don't and I don't know if this is selfish but why should I have to go plan a protest I want to go to fest is that selfish like I feel like so much of what we do is revolve around trauma. And I had, like, an older person, you know, we were call tell me, like, well, you don't have that. Like, that's not the privilege we have. But I feel like we have to start taking that privilege. I don't know. Because also not everyone is built to be on the front lines. Like, I feel yeah. like we all hope in different ways. But it's like my – I know for me personally, it's my senior year. I, like, literally start my bigger job two weeks after graduation. Like, mm-hmm. I want to have fun. Yeah. It's a news producer in Cleveland. Oh my gosh! Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry to like. Oh, <laughs> no, I completely agree with that. I feel like also like, 
just trying to like put academics and like what you want to do in your life first can like come off as like you don't care about what's happening around you and it's like that's totally not the case but it's like I still have to live my life at the end of the day and like yes this happened in close proximity to me and like not to say that I didn't feel directly impacted by it but like at the same time like I still have to continue on like and that's the that's the sad part about it like we have to continue on like it didn't happen because we have to get to graduation and especially for you guys like your your upperclassmen like we have to keep going so yeah that is yeah oh sorry I was just gonna say as far as like um, kind of it feeling like a sacrifice versus like a chance to like decompress I was really on the fence about it because part of me was like like uh, Dr. Jeffries was saying in our meeting like we don't we don't have the privilege of just being able to like throw our hands up in the air and kind of just act like it doesn't happen but mm-hmm. sometimes you need to just so you can have a little bit of normal in your life mm-hmm. and feel okay about it yeah um and I, f- I also feel like um, there is a time and a place, not to say like telling people how to advocate, but I think there is a time and place for it. And I think, uh, especially the more I thought about it, like fest may not be the best uh, like environment for it. Yeah. Just because a lot well, of- Well, give, give a prelude to that oh, a lot sorry. of people don't know. Um, okay. Uh, sorry. People wanted to protest. Yeah, basically. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, people wanted, were saying that we should protest fest or the bars on, like, the black community as a whole. And, like, uh, what Odessa was saying is, like, the the black community didn't really have a chance to, like, organize. Like, literally, if you take a sociology class, when it says, like, plan a movement, the first step is literally organize, (laughs) like, plan action. Um, You go to, like, the very basis. But I think that not, I don't think that. I think that we responded so quickly just because I feel like others, like, expected, like, immediate answers. Mm -hmm. Um, So they wanted to, like, protest the bars and fest. But for me, like, no one, not to say no one wanted that, and I think that people were like, we're too worried about partying. It's like, yeah, we're worried about partying. We're 20, 21, 19, like, you know? (laughs) And not to take away from, like, there's people who can do that. But I also believe that in OU, no matter what sitting we are, we are not their bottom dollar. So, like, the Montgomery bus boycott was so successful because m- m- a lot of their customers was the black community at OU. For one, if we go to the bars, they probably not even going to serve us. You're going to be waiting on poppers to get a drink for a good 30 minutes before they even recognize you. And then they're going to have an attitude while doing it. They don't give us, they don't even give us our pictures in the right picture cup. They give us, like, a, a fake jar. And everyone else, you look around, everyone else has like the actual picture on Wednesdays and we have like a jar at Poppers literally um so I'm like if we don't go to the bars they probably would be happy you know what I'm saying um I feel like we have to come together to find something that is actually going to affect them like if we do like a sit-in in the bars like we all just came in and sat down and all black or something but I feel like us not going to bars or fest like we're going to be protesting all our white counterparts not black counterparts are going to be at fest no one's even going to recognize or care that we're gone yeah because they're too busy having fun I'm still and not even in. that. They don't. Most of the time, they don't even realize that there's black people that go here, or they just don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Yeah. And that's where I was kind of on the fence about it because, like you were saying, uh, COVID took a lot away from me. And some of that, I was, I was telling myself, like, is it selfish for me to not want to protest on the same day as Fest? But then I realized, like, both things can happen in the same time span. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like we can have a protest like Thursday, Friday, and then still be able to go to fest and enjoy ourselves and decompress and kind of 
separate ourselves from a little bit of that trauma that we're never going to be able to escape in our lifetime because this is this is our skin um so I think like I I agree with what you're saying like we should be able to kind of decompress and also this is something I was saying uh to someone earlier like if I'm protesting I know for a fact that white students are going to be walking by me in their fest clothes and they're going to be drunk and having fun and it's going to traumatize me even more because it's going to be a visual reminder that I'll never have the privilege of being in this like ignorance that they're going to be able to be in Mm -hmm. and that would have been a big trigger for me personally because I'm out here in the, the blazing heat or whatever the weather was <laughs> with my, my signs and I'm screaming and I'm I'm angry and my, my blood pressure through the roof and I'm like upset mm-hmm. and no one's listening and everyone's walking to, to fest. Because I remember last year when we did the protest at the courthouse, it was a really productive thing and I, I think it went wonderfully, but it was a visual thing. I had to see people walking because it was Thursday. People were walking to Court Street as if we weren't there. Yeah. And that's something that I don't think I'm mature enough to able to handle. <laughs> like, I'm going to be wanting to argue and I'm going to throw my hands up in the air and just be over it. So that's something I also had to think about and recognize. So, Yeah, I think it's also important, like you said, to organize because I feel like that was like a few individual voices trying to make a decision for everyone collectively without actually getting their opinion. And I think it's important to like actually take, you know, a gauge of like how everyone's feeling like because you like you said some people like absolutely did not want to do that like especially like people who are like getting closer to graduation like I want to have fun like I want to do what I want for like the rest of the semester so I think that it's important to like you know make sure you're like taking count of like how everybody's feeling and not just a few voices who you think will like be impactful right I don't have nothing to say. I was just going to say real quick that a lot of what you're saying would have been avoided if we would have had that collective, like, Mm. closed-door conversation that I was talking about earlier. Because then we would have been, like, it would have been a 30-second conflict, maybe, like, who said we were boycotting the bars? And then we would have been, like, well, we did. And then we would have raised our hands and took a vote, and then it would have deaded the conversation. Instead of, like, I think it was, like, 8 in the morning, people were, like, we're skipping the bars. And the people were like, yes, you are. And the people were like, no, we're it not. It wasn't even that. It was just more so like a, we at the, we were at the bars. It was like, oh, so y'all just said forget the, yeah. the protest. We like, huh? Right. Because <laughs> right. yeah. a lot of, and it, it all comes back to like there being a lot of pocket conversations yeah. about action items. And um, I think in the future when stuff like this happens, going back to the, not to keep promoting this, like, <laughs> the town hall, but I think, like, a, a big collective should happen. Because, like, a lot of people, like you were saying in the group chat, were like, what? What is even happening? What, yeah. what boycott? Yeah, I remember that text. I was like, <laughs> who, who said that? Like, Yeah, I think it's also important to think about, too, because, like, you know, there was, like, we, we don't need conflict at a time like this. Like, we need to all be on the same page because, like, if somebody gets, like, a word of that, then, like, that's, like, great to them. Like, they're at each other's throats. Like, they're not going to be able to accomplish anything because they can't even figure out this one little thing. And, like, I do think that, like, you know, having a meeting, coming together, like, where a lot of people's voices can be heard because, 
like you know some people don't talk in the group chats and things like that like some people right. have no idea what's going on because some people have it muted so just being right. able to like all come together in one space and be able to have those conversations would like be so beneficial because like then you get to hear people's opinions who's normally aren't talking or like the people who have those side conversations will be able to be like oh well I had this conversation with so and so let's discuss it together so I do think that would be super beneficial I think and I think the thing about our community is that there's not a lot of us so I think we offer that pressure of like oh I have to step up and take lead I have to step up and say something because well I don't know what the NAACP is doing but this is what BSCC are doing, and this mm-hmm. is what BSCPP is doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we just don't know what's going on yeah. because it's, like, it's not a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So we all feel that pressure of, like, we have to, like, move now. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like if we're comparing this to, like, other movements in the past, I feel like that org- organizing and leading is, is so important because you kind of, like, pick the faces of the movement. And I feel like sometimes people get lost in, like, I want to be the face of the movement versus mm-hmm. am I fit to be the face for the movement? Mm-hmm. Because, like, even, like, this is, like, I don't know if this might be, like, a dramatic comparison or something. <laughs> but, like, even, like, with Jackie Robinson, like, they even said, like, he wasn't the best black player that they had. They mm-hmm. just knew that he could take the way that people want to talk to him. He didn't. He wasn't short-tempered, things like that. And I think that if you want to lead people, you have to know, you have to have those certain qualities, like, not not short-tempered, you know how to talk to people, you know how to, like, be calm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like everyone has their, like, certain niches. Like, like certain people, like, they know the, the, the student code of conduct front to back. Front to back, I couldn't tell you what's on page 11, subsection B. <laughs> nope. I cannot tell you that. There's some people who are good at that. There's some people who are really good at, like, the media aspect. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is what we should do. This should be the hashtag. And I think that if you have, like, people working on the niches and then, like, feeding, like, the lead person in the narrative, that that's better. But I think that people just, I don't know. I just feel like it's the community so small really, we're used to seeing those same five to ten faces. So those five mm-hmm. to ten faces just automatically feel like, okay, I have to lead this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I feel like that, like, it's always the same people who are like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, I guess it works every time, but, mm-hmm. like, I do think it would be nice to see, like, other people, like, getting out and, like, you know, like, giving their opinions mm-hmm. because, like, I don't know. I just feel like, I yeah, I feel like it's the same few people. Like, yeah. yeah. I, was, uh, I was really happy to see, uh, I, don't, I don't know her last name, so should I say it? Gia? Yeah. The mm-hmm. freshman? Mm-hmm. Um, Gia to kind of take that initiative and do the town hall and I was really yeah. excited when I was there and like freshmen that are like um, people I've never seen or interacted mm-hmm. with were standing up in this big audience um, and being able to speak out not only mm-hmm. sharing their experiences but um, giving action items and like offering solutions mm-hmm. it was really good to see that some fresh faces and it's not like um, like what they were saying was more valid because they were fresh faced but it was nice to see newer students yeah. feel more comfortable to come forward mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I'm kind of like, um, I think is interesting, and I think that's like for everyone. Like, I think Chris um, is more comfortable with being like in the spotlight, things like that. Mm-hmm. Naomi might not be, but I feel like so often, like no matter the narrative, we see black women, specifically black women, 
um, stories kind of go. Because not to say that people aren't aware of, like, what's going on with Naomi, but I feel like you're just seeing a lot of Chris Moore. Mm -hmm. Not to take away of, like, Chris's experiences. But I feel like, and then I just, it kind of hit me, like, why does black women always kind of, like... Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And actually, like, my friend group, like, one of my friends texted about the incident with Chris... And, like, she didn't even know that there was another incident. Like, it took a few different, like, it took a few of my friends, like, saying stuff. And then one of my friends was like, wait, no, there was something that happened with a girl, too. And they were like, wait, what? I didn't see anything about that. And it's like, but why? Like, why didn't you see or hear anything about that? Like, why is that not getting the coverage that it deserves? Because that was a traumatic experience in and of itself as well. Like, if that happened to me, like, I probably would have been gone. Like, I probably would have transferred schools. Like, that was a traumatic experience. So, like, the fact that it's not getting the attention it deserves is, like, really disheartening. She needs Mm. needs to sue all you. (laughs) You get get that tuition paid for. Yep. I'm saying the same thing. They need to reimburse her for her housing for the semester as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this is something I was going to ask you. Yeah. So you, as NWC president, and having the experience that you have, mm-hmm. what do you think, Do you what do you want from the university? Like, what is it that you would like to see? What, what, um, what... I got a list. What <laughs> details or codes of contact, c- conducts? Read the list, girl. Read the list. It's long, so I'm going to be brief. Um, Some of it is, like, some stuff from the meeting. Um, Well, like I said first, I think that they need to offer reimbursement for her housing. Unless she's on a a scholarship where her housing is covered, then obviously, you know, never mind. But if she is paying out of pocket, they need to reimburse her for the entire semester. Mm -hmm. Not just from the day it happened, not from, like, the entire semester. Um, And they need to implement policy where relocation is offered to black students anytime any racial incident occurs in their resident hall, even if it isn't not just to that student, but to all the students, including RAs in that building. Because I know for a fact there's there's it might not be all in the same building where they're relocated, but there's Mm -hmm. pockets of little dorms where they can be placed just so they physically feel safer on a day to day basis Mm -hmm. until more can be done. Um, and like I said, reimbursement for people moving forward. Right. Um, I also think they need to implement a policy that suspends students um, from any like sports or recreational organizations mm-hmm. um, until the investigation is at least over. Yeah. Um, th- there is no reason why he should have been seen or heard of wearing a uniform um, since that incident occurred. Shouldn't have been at practice. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have been. Uh, at any orgs if applicable none none of that should have been happening he should have been put on probation or suspension until things were looked further into and I think that they need to implement that um, just to kind of hold them more accountable even in the moment Um, the rest was kind of just like complaints overall but um, I also want them to use explicit language when and I've talked about this I talked about this at the protest last week um, using explicit language is really important because when you're vague about racism, it waters it down so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they're like, we stand against any people being mean. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, these were racial hate crimes. And we would like for you to say that. So you're standing in solidarity with your students and not just making it seem like it was too. It was just an incident that was in poor taste. Yeah. You know, it takes away some of the density from it. So I think that they even just w- these are all things that they could do within like the next few weeks even. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it as far as like how um, Ohio just as a state doesn't have hate crime as like a crime. It's not a crime mm-hmm. in the state. So it's a little bit difficult for the university to hold them accountable because we're a state school. Mm-hmm. But 
there are things as a university that they can still do to at least show a little bit of solidarity with the community that's targeted Mm -hmm. and hold them accountable at least as much as they can on a smaller scale. And I've been hearing a lot of like excuses. Sorry if I'm rambling. Let me know if I'm talking too much. No, girl. We asked you to be here. (laughs) But um, there's been a lot of like excuses and like, oh, but we can't, oh, but we can't. But there's a lot Mm -hmm. of things on a smaller scale that they can do even before the end of the school year that can give a little bit of comfort at least Mm -hmm. to the two students. Mm -hmm. And that all goes back to like I was saying, like reimbursement and like nothing hurts a university more than a flat pocket so when they have to pay up however many thousands or whatever it costs for her housing for the semester they're going to put some action to it because it costs them money yeah so yeah and i completely agree with like the reimbursement and also the relocation because didn't mm-hmm. you say nia that she's still do you think she's still living there you said she, she is said, still living yeah there. like t- like i would not be able to do that like Showering somebody yeah people? like somebody like threatened me like that because that to me is a threat like okay and also like we were people were saying in the town hall i think that we need to seriously consider having an all black um all black student floor at least just the floor mm-hmm. in one of the resident halls um where they have two or three black RAs on the floor and then it's all black students. Well, so I know that the Lynx program next year is doing a Lynx dorm. Mm-hmm. I'm not, because Lynx is multicultural. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be completely just black. I mean, I, I low-key want to say it's a step in the right direction. Uh, it is. Okay. I'm just very much sick. <laughs> I just hate that, like, throughout this whole movement, they're like, yeah, multicultural students or, like, yeah. oh, bi- bi-poke. I don't even know what it's called. Bi-poke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. No. Black, <laughs> black, black, blackity-black, say black. Um, I don't even know what it means to be, like, multicultural unless you're mixed. Like, I don't even understand. Like, I have never understood the concept of multicultural. Like, not trying to be funny, like... I'm black. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just sorry. I'm black. Like, I was raised up. I'm black. Look, I'm not multicultural. Like, I just think that's what they call us. Like, so is a white person multicultural then? Like, I just never understood it. That's just me. And I'm just very much, very much sick of them grouping like all the others together. And even in the town hall yet on Monday, I was kind of getting the sense like, Black people could like never, we can never have our moment. And I think because we are at a PWI, and I do understand like we might have a bigger population on this campus compared to other minorities and other races and ethnicities. But also, I kind of feel like it's different between being an ally versus like leading your own movement. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like to other minorities, of course, I'm an ally to LGBTQ, to Asian Pacific Islanders, all that. Mm-hmm. I'm an ally. Mm-hmm. But also, you know what your community wants, mm-hmm. and it's like your job to rally. And it's like, I don't know, I may be wrong, I may be no. talking out of turn, no. but I just kind of feel like with us, like, it's always like, oh yeah, the black people have a problem. But like, don't forget about the Latinx, don't forget right. about Asian Pacific Islanders, don't forget about this. And this is not at all to take away their experiences and what they go through. Right. But I feel like whenever we have an incident, it becomes like, well, this is what all minorities need. And it's like, yeah. well, me, Mia Duma is president of the Black Student Communication Caucus, me, Odessa, president of the NAACP, I'm mm-hmm. talking about what <laughs> black people want. Right. Yeah. Right. I think when instances like this happen, we need to talk about the community that it affects. In this case, it was two black students. So we need to talk about that. Now, if it would have been a little different if it was a um, AAPISU. Ooh, is that AAP, AAPI? It's, I don't know. I, I know it's Asian Pacific I think the Islanders. 
um, if let it have been like um, like a POC student and a black student, then we could maybe have collaborated and opened the conversation because it would affect multiple communities. But this was specifically for two black, not for, but occurred with two black students. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's important to go back go back to what I was saying about the explicit language, um, being specific about who it affected, yeah. uh, because that's what all of this has been for the past few weeks. It hasn't been about POC uh, issues on campus. It's been about mm-hmm. uh, two black students with housing. Mm-hmm. So I think we should have focused on that a little bit more in some instances, like Neil was saying. Um, but yeah, like I would like like you were saying, I'm an ally. I stand in solidarity with all minority groups. But I think in this particular case, um, we needed to be explicit when talking about the groups who were affected about it. I've been hearing a lot of um, if if we do this, then all of these have to be all these other people have to be included. But like, not necessarily because like you said it doesn't affect them like this is something that happened to black students not I think they think that the minority experience I think that they think like oppression is oppression Mm -hmm. and I feel like even within minority groups I feel like stuff kind of becomes like oppression wars especially with like especially when it comes to like so me, like again, I can only speak to my perspective as a black woman, mm. but like especially with white women and black men, it's always like, oh yeah, you're a woman, but like I'm a woman too. But it's like okay, I'm also black. With black men, it's like, okay, we're getting murdered. It's like we're getting murdered too. Right. And it's like you still benefit from male privilege. You still benefit from like white, well, from privilege. white privilege. Not to take away from like your experience as a white woman or a black man, and I think I kind of see that with other minority groups. And I don't know if it's like mm-hmm. it was us doing it, or it's like the environment that's kind of like cultivating that because mm-hmm. it's not a lot here, a lot of us here. So we just kind of group like, okay, yeah, we're minorities, yay, like besties <laughs> forever. Right. Um, but then it be kind of it kind of becomes like, yeah, well, you have slavery, like we're in internment camps, and this is this and this and that, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of becomes like. Oh, all minorities need the same thing and have the same same experience. Yeah. And I don't think it's it's that. And I think they just group us by our trauma, mm-hmm. not by like our identity and our culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I can agree with that. I definitely think that like culture plays a big part in like who races are because like our I mean, like you said, I can only speak from my perspective as a black woman, but like my culture is not the same as like a Mexican woman's culture. Like, I, like it's it's just not going to be the same. Like, we have different backgrounds. We come from different families. Like, different perspectives. So, like, grouping that together. Like, yes, we all went through trauma, but like, you can't make it one and the same because we have different perspectives. And also, let's keep in mind that you have racism, then you have anti-blackness, which is a whole different thing. Like, yep. even like small segue, but I um. Not about to say where I live but on a podcast. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> um, but I was, like, walking past a coffee shop the other day, and even, like, the whole Russian-Ukraine thing and the whole, like, them not letting Africans, um, like, oh, leave the border mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was just literally walking, minding my business. They were sitting there eating coffee. And they're like, yeah, this Ukraine stuff is, is crazy, but why are they trying to make it about race? Like, let the Ukrainians have their moment, then talk about this after. And I was just, like, literally stop. I, I, stopped, I, stopped, I stopped walking, and I looked at I was just looking at them and the, it was two white women and they literally like I was just in so I was just in so much awe like I'm like so you can support you like multiple things can be true I think that's another thing we fail to realize that multiple yeah. things can be true um so like yes 
support Ukraine, but like they're clearly being racist and anti-black to the people in their country. And that's like a whole nother thing. And I think that's kind of like another issue that we have. So like if we do multicultural dorms, like let's be real, like (laughs) the relationship between the Asian community and black community, especially within the last two years, have not been the best. Um, Even with other minorities, like I feel like we all just need our own space. And I know like there's Title IX, some things are considered segregation, but I just kind of feel like I don't know. You guys ever seen Dear White People? Yeah. They had an all-black mm-hmm. dorm, but also yeah. that's movie. That's not real. <laughs> um, I just feel like even if we got the multicultural dorm, would that solve all our problems? Specifically mm, for not. the black community. Definitely not. No. Definitely not. I think, I think you brought up a good point about people not being intersectional when they advocate because um, we can have multiple identities simultaneously. Like, yeah. going back to the Ukraine thing, there are black Ukrainians, so what yes. do they mean? Oh, let's focus on the Ukraine part. That's like saying, okay, let's focus on everybody who's not black right now, and mm-hmm. then we'll go back to the black Ukrainians, and then yeah. you'll matter a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. You know? Or, like, um, if we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, I remember going back to that, people were talking about, oh, well, let's just worry about, like, uh, men and women. And then when we were trying to talk about being intersectional, about, like, black, queer, and LGBT, and people were like... You can be black and queer and you LGBT, have, so how can we separate? Yeah. yeah, or like uh, black disabled people. Um, you know, like how how are we able to separate those two when there's people in our community that exist with multiple? So I think just to answer your question about the multicultural dorm, I think that like you were saying, I think it'll reduce some of the issue, but then it opens up a portal to a whole bunch of other issues within the mm. POC community. Yeah. It puts a spotlight on that because we're eliminating the white people. We can no longer blame them and like on campus like, oh, yeah. it's the white people, it's the white people because now we're having issues with colorism, fat phobia, yeah. xenophobia, mm. um, texturism, just like uh, stereotypes. We're going to be having all those issues mm. still. So yeah. I think while although it'll add a little bit more of a safe space for black people because we're usually at the bottom of the food chain when it comes to the treatment that we experience, um, it's not gonna eliminate that. I don't I don't see yeah. too much of a difference coming from it, like from a black student. And I think another thing we, we need to utilize as students that we probably shouldn't, it's like students said it, like despite other issues, like for it's like when students in it hosted the the protest, like they're hosted a protest as well. I know a lot of people were saying like this is not the black community doing it, this is student senate. But I'm like, they have a black uh a black student affairs commissioner. Like they have roles for this or they have like um like the, it's their job to come back to the community, see what we want, bring it to student senate, and it's like that for everyone else. Um and I don't really know if they work with like DNI. I know like they have the whole make respect visible campaign going on right now and I know we have said like we should have like community committees like the black student committee or like Asian Pacific Islanders, the Latinx, um, things like that so we can go back to these our communities and kinda like take it to administration is kind of see what we want but i think like we don't utilize students in it enough um i know like i used to go when my friend ian was president i used to go then um i went i was going in the beginning of the semester but like you said like life is in the way but and i also feel like we just don't understand how student senate works yeah. Yeah. but i think that's something that's definitely like under underutilized yeah. Yeah. i think just recently like everybody has been highly upset as students in it, but like, n- not for the like. I don't. I don't really think people should have been mad at students in it. 
um, I think from the jump, um, I was mad at the school, like the university as a whole. Like, what, like, what is the university gonna do? Like, they're not. I, I guess, I don't really know if I understand. Like, oh, we can't tell you what we're going to do. Like, as far as change, like specifically, but like, at least reassure me that something is going to happen because like the fact that if you say that you will be held accountable and i i've like i feel like the reason that they're not saying that we will make change is the fact that they know that they will be held accountable and it's just like well it's kind of like they don't really want to do anything Mm -hmm. yeah i was talking to um some of the students in my class the other day i don't know Every, like, last week when everything was going on, it was just, like, very much hard for me because, like, it was, like, okay, Monday, everything. Like, we were still getting a feel of, like, what was going on. Um, what's ha- Like, still kind of taking it in. Then Tuesday, I had to go in class where I'm in, like, the only black girl in a group. And I feel like that was, like, n- inherently just, like, triggering in itself to, like, be witnessing something. And then, like, you have to go around, like, white people who, like are just so happy as if, like, nothing is happening. And mm-hmm. then you also have people talking about it, just, like, it's, like, something that happened because they're not experiencing it. Yeah. Um, and so it was very hard. So, like, I literally didn't go to any of my other classes for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And I literally did my professor, like, and it's very, like, I feel like my one professor, one of my professors kind of, like, gaslighted me. And I know, and I think the other, another thing that makes it so hard is, like, it's never intentional. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, yeah, you might, you might, you must have senioritis. Or am I just traumatized? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to feel. And I told him, like, I typed him a long email. I, I, I was like, for you to expect me to be, like, going through this and then for me to be a regular student, like, I have to listen mm-hmm. to lecture. I have to be like that one, like, I have to be that one girl in the group was like, don't forget about intersectionality or, like, don't forget about this. It's kind of like being out, you, you kind of become the poster child or, like, the spokesperson, mm-hmm. like, no matter where you at. And, like, last week, I just could not do that. Like, I'm like, bro, like, we're fighting for our lives. Like, I'm in Auden studying until a lot of times, so 1, 1 a.m., especially, like, when it's midterms and stuff, like, how can I go home? Like, am I just supposed mm-hmm. to walk home? Who's supposed to walk me home? Like, yeah. like I don't feel like, how can you expect me to care about a paper or an exam? Yeah. I'm, like, we literally be fighting for our lives, and I don't think that's anything that, like, people will understand, especially coming mm-hmm. from, like, a journalist perspective. It's like, I have to, I don't have to cover this, but, like, what about me? Like, mm-hmm. you know, these are my rights as well, so I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's, um... It's exhausting, and honestly, for me personally, it's not even just the incidents in itself. It's the retaliation and the lack of support from my peers Mm -hmm. that have smiled in my face before the incident, and then they don't acknowledge it or ask me if I'm okay. And it's it's like, oh, did you do the homework? And it's not asking like, uh, like how can I be a better ally? How can I be support? Yeah, Yeah, and I I had to give myself that, and it's also like, you know, I had to take those absences. And then gonna have to catch up later on um, when I eventually have to press play again on my life. Mm -hmm. And it just, it would make me feel a little bit better if I saw more allyship from people Mm -hmm. on campus who had so much momentum in 2020 summer. But fast forward to when everyday, not everyday instances, but things on an even smaller scale with less like spotlight are showing up and happening in their yeah. actual circle mm-hmm. and none of them are saying anything mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm just like how do I interact with all these people who have shown no regard for my identity being attacked mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, I definitely think that silence is an answer. Like, it lets you know because it's like you not like saying anything like that, like that lets me know that you don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. you can smile on my face before, but like you really don't care about my well-being or my life because like this is an issue that has affected like I'm pretty sure every black student on campus. So like the fact that like some people have nothing to say speaks for itself. Yeah, I... The School of Music has not said anything. They have not sent out an email. They have not, like, none of my teachers have said anything to me. The only teacher that ever said anything to me was um, my professor, Dr. Parsons, and he's not even a teacher for my class. He's, like, my professor for my major. Mm. And so, like, I talked to him personally, and he just, like, he kind of was just, like, if you ever need anything, like, I, he knew what happened, and he was just, like, um, there's always, like, an open space in my office, and we can just talk and just... It, like it was just like a reassurance like it made me feel good in the moment but then like after i left his office it was just like like wow i didn't realize how like my whole like the whole building like just the fact that nobody has said anything mm-hmm. about it like there has not been a statement like i know i'm sick of emails but like like at least try mm-hmm. like there yeah. hasn't been anything, and it just made me like, it, uh, dang, I'm tearing up. Um, <laughs> it just made me. It did not make me feel good at all. Yeah. And I think you have the professors who don't know what to say. Then you have the professors who say too much at all, mm-hmm. or who say too much because they don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that's hard about navigating racism and microaggressions at OU is because like, it's like you have professors who like have been like great to you, like your mm-hmm. whole college experience, mm-hmm. college career, and then they slip up one time. And it's like you know what they mean, but it's like the fact that I even have to decipher what you mean. Like I had a professor tell me like, yeah, it's not about skin color. I had a woman who came in my office and said something about white men, and it was like I'm a broke farm kid, and it was like okay, like I get what you're trying mm-hmm. to say, and I know you're trying to like. Re- not reason with me, but, like, meet me halfway. But it's, like, that's not the same thing. Like, her calling you out for being a white man yeah. and, like, her actually having any type of, like, pr- actual, like, privilege over you, it's, like, two different things. And I think but I think that's also, like, very much exhausting at the same token. Like, having to constantly decipher what your white counter- counterparts mean is a whole job in itself. Because it's, like, I was thinking, like, I know he don't mean it like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, dang, you don't think before you speak. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is, like, discredits the trauma. Like, because it's, like, it's kind of a diss, in my opinion. Like, oh, I know that this happened and this is bad, but this happened to me. Like, are you kidding me? Like, are you joking? I don't know. That's just, yeah, that's disrespectful. And that's kind of to the point where I'd have to bite my tongue and kind of just be like, because so badly what I want to be like, okay, you were a farmer and like you grew up in poverty, (laughs) but you can get out of that. You know, like Mm -hmm. uh, if someone were to hand you a million dollars, all the problems you were talking about would go away instantly. No money in the world will be able to get me that security. Every and it's also like what I'm thinking about is like the song of uh, "Story of OJ" by J, uh, Jay Z, the song, because it's like no matter what status you have, the moment you slip up, they still gonna see you as like that black person or like that N word or whatever. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of crazy, but yeah. 
thank you guys for listening. Once again, I'm Nia. And I'm Raymond. And I'm Layla. Thank you for listening. Tune again next week to see what's happening at this moment at Ohio University with the Black community. Thank you, Odessa, for coming. Thank you. Thank you for-